Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host, Rob Cameron, bringing you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its programming. Tonight we're going to take a look at MLW Fusion number 115, the Opera Cup Finals. Our show starts off with Rich Bocchini giving us a history of the Opera Cup from way back in like 1899 all the way up to today. And by today, I mean there's a 50-year gap in between when Stu Hart won it in, in uh, 1949 and up until last year when David Boy Smith Jr. Uh, won, the, won the Cup. Uh, we get our introduction and we are welcomed by Rich Bocchini and Mr. St. Laurent. Um... But they don't get to talk for terribly long, uh, just long enough to note that that uh, Colonel Robert Parker's stud stable is back in existence, and he's transferring a wee bit of power to his consort, Arya Blake. Speaking of the devil, she is wandering to the ring with the Dirty Blondes. Uh, looks like the Dirty Blondes are going to be the next in line to take on MLW Tag Team Champions, the Von Eriks. Uh, they are in tag team action tonight against the team of Ariel, Ariel Dominguez and Daniel Starling. Uh, just the first name alone should tell everyone this match shan't be lasting long. Um, the Dirty Blondes are a team from uh, the original relaunch of Major League Wrestling uh, way back three, four years ago. Um, but hadn't factored too much into the programming the last year and a half or so. Uh, the Dirty Blondes consist of uh, Michael Patrick and Lee O'Brien. Uh, but never mind all that. We has match. Uh, match starts off uh, with Sterling running, or excuse me, Starling, uh, which is more apropos, uh, running straight into uh, Lee O'Brien's fist, just right off the bat. He charges, punch to the face. Poor boy got Rudy Tomjanovich'd. Uh, anyway, uh, the blondes feature many quick tags. Uh, we're really putting the elbows uh, to Starling. Uh, really, Dominguez doesn't even get to tag in. We get a lot of elbows, some other throws and slams, a second rope power slam by, by Lee O'Brien, and that's the match. Uh, Dominguez just kind of... Stood on the apron the entire time. Got spat at once. Um, but otherwise, they made short work of our duo of Starling and Dominguez. Following this matchup, we get a replay of Mads Krugar uh, attacking Alexander Hammerstone last month with a steel chair. Uh, last week, we also had a big brawl throughout the building and outside of the arena featuring Hammerstone and Krugar. Those two will be taking a grudge match at uh, Kings of Coliseum next year uh, for the Openweight Championship. From here, we get an Alexander Hammerstone promo. <clears throat> he notes that the time off means more training, uh, and that's never a good sign uh, for any of his opponents. Uh, this is going to be even worse for Kruger because Hammer notes that, you know, the competitor in him always wants to win. But that's just it. He just wants to win. He doesn't necessarily want to hurt his opponents. But, well, let's face it. Krugar has awakened the monster within Hammerstone. Uh, Krugar is a big, big boy and should be able to handle lots of punishment. So Hammer is going to make it a point to not hold back against Krugar when they meet each other next month at Kings of Coliseum. 
we also get a brief update uh, for about Selena De La Renta. She, of course, is bringing in the man of a thousand deaths, Mil Muertes. But evidently, she also has a bigger bombshell to be had. And this will be noted at Kings of Coliseum. Speaking of Kings of Coliseum, we get the Kings of Coliseum Control Center with Alicia Atut. Um, that is a lie, actually. Uh, first, she gets to hang out with Loki. Lucky her. Uh, Loki notes that tonight for the Upper Cup Finals, him and Tom Lawler have had history, and Lawler's kind of always gotten the best of him. But the thing is, though, tonight will be different. He knows all of Lawler's moves. He knows his strengths, knows his weaknesses, and Loki's worked his ass off for everything that he's accomplished. Now, now we can go to the control center featuring Alicia Atute. Uh, she gives us the rundown of Kings of Coliseum. That'll be taking place January 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, if I haven't mentioned that date and time enough already this show. Um, it is going to be streaming live from YouTube, Days In, BN Sports, and all the other usual MLW streaming uh, locations. Looks like our card is shaping up as follows. A uh, grudge match between Simon Gotch of Contra and Injustice's Jordan Oliver. Uh, these two uh, have indirectly been feuding since before the shutdown uh, when the Contra unit took out Injustice member Kodo Brazil. We will also have a tag team title match with the champions of the Von Erich brothers taking on Colonel Robert Parker's Dirty Blondes. We will have Selena De La Renta's Big Bombshell announcement, whatever that may be. We will also feature middleweight action with the champion Myron Reed taking on the man of the hour, Leo Rush. This segues into a Myron Reed promo and basically notes once again that him and Leo are the best in the world, or at least in terms of the middleweight division. Uh, but Reed wants it that much more. He has his name on the belt, and he intends to keep it that way. So he will be victorious come Kings of Coliseum. Contra interrupts Arn, the little promo regarding Hammerstone and Kruger's openweight championship match. Kruger notes that he has been excommunicated in blackness until being called upon by Joseph Samael to take part in the latest target, who happens to be Hammerstone's downfall. So, the monster speaks once again, and nothing but ill will to be had towards Hammer. Following this announcement, we get the PWI 500, which is not correct at all. I wrote down the PWI 500, but really what I'm talking about is the PWI MLW Top 10. Uh, the PWI 500 came out like two months ago and probably contains many folk of MLW. I don't know. I missed out on purchasing it once again, but you know, whatever. Never mind that. We have a top 10 to go over. And by go over, I mean just glance at it because it's pretty much the exact same list it was last week. Um, but once again, your boy Hama gonna be number one. Uh, he is also the number one contender for uh, Jacob Fatu's World Heavyweight Championship. But, you know, never mind that. We got a crew guard to fight. Um, but maybe someday we'll have Big Hoss fight for the World Heavyweight Championship instead of just Big Hoss fight at Kings of Coliseum. 
Following this, we get another promo. This time, it's Los Parks in a gym. Uh, L.A. Park is very upset that those fat pigs, I believe he's referring to the Dirty Blondes, are getting a tag team title shot, whereas uh, him and his boys are not. Um, He continuously refers to the Dirty Blondes as fat pigs, and Aria Blake as a woman of the streets, um, but also puts over, you know, the family dynamic of Los Parks, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I shouldn't say blah, blah, blah. It was, you know, mildly entertaining promo uh, just because L.A. Park gives no fucks and just kind of says whatever is on his mind. And now I need to remember to hit the little E button when I edit this and put it up on our Anchor site uh, to let people know that children shouldn't be listening to this because I have said dirty words. Um, I've been doing pretty good about not saying the dirty words. Uh, so, well, that streak's over. It was 183-0 and zero before uh, Scott Hall just electrocuted me there. Whatever, we'll go with it. Um, but Los Parks are upset about not getting the tag team title shot. Uh, L.A. Park once again reiterates that if he can't win a title in a timely manner, he will leave uh, Major League Wrestling and potentially the sport of professional wrestling. All right. It is our tale of the tape, signifying that we have a main event to have. Uh, The tale of the tape is, the highlight of this really, is the fact that Tom Lawler... Uh, despite barely being six feet tall, has like four inches and 30 pounds on low key. Um, otherwise, this is the tale of the tape. Um, and otherwise, I'm stuttering over everything because I've lost my notes. But we have main event. This is our Upper Cup Finals. Uh, Filthy Tom Lawler versus Low Key. Um, low Key was in last year's tournament, uh, but got eliminated fairly early by Davy Boy Smith Jr. Uh, this is Lawler's first attempt at the Opera Cup. Well, first out of two Opera Cups, anyway. Um, and he's looking to pick up the victory here tonight. Uh, both Lawler and Key have history with each other. It was uh, Tom Lawler who defeated Loki for the MLW Heavyweight Championship way back in pre-pandemic land. Um, and it seems like uh, Lawler's kind of had Loki's number every twist and turn, so we'll see how this turns out tonight. Anywho, uh, both competitors come to the ring. We get a pitcher-in-pitcher promo from Tom Aller, stating that once he wins tonight, he is going to get out of here as quick as he can and go to Filthy Island. Um, Those of you who may not remember, uh, Tom has found himself a Fight Club-style island to purchase, and he's christened it Filthy Island. So we have Filthy Island that Tom will be going to pending his victory tonight. Uh, cheap pop of the night, uh, as he comes down to the ring, he's wearing a pair of jorts, which he takes off to reveal a pair of tights that resemble a pair of jorts. So, cheap pop on that one, Tom. Keep cheap popping me. Uh, because if I can't be thoroughly entertained by actual entertainment, cheap pops will almost always work. I also will point out the dichotomy of this match. We have a man wearing jort printed tights taking on a man in a scuba suit and for those of you who complain about wrestling being boring uh, especially compared to 2005 and everyone being a generic muscle monster or at the indie level where everyone wore black t-shirts and athletic pants so now we have jorts 
and scuba suits. So, in all the confusion of me talking about jorts and scuba suits, uh, Loki comes out. He has the Von Eriks with him to kind of neutralize uh, Team Filthy. Uh, I think it's interesting that the law, uh, that the Von Eriks came out, uh, considering that Team Filthy, despite being in Tom's corner throughout the entire tournament, have really not made themselves um, known during the match itself. They haven't provided any distraction, haven't really gotten involved in the matches at all, just kind of served as true corner man for Lawler during his matches. Um, but the Von Erichs definitely have history with Team Filthy, so there, there's a secondary reason for them being out there, even if Team Filthy has not up to this point actually interfered in any of Tom's matches in the Opera Cup. Okay. So I think that's everything. I think that's everything we needed prior to the match. But now, yeah, before we go into the match proper, let's take a pause for the cause. Get my cheap, uh, cheap ad in there that I have to have in the middle of the show so I can make that sweet, sweet ad money. All right, and we're back. We has match now. Uh, we spend a significant amount of time uh, jockeying for position. And when I say significant amount of time, I mean probably overall like three minutes in the process of this, um, where we're rolling around the mat, exchanging holds. Uh, we're kind of telling the story of like Key and Lawler are taking turns uh, getting the advantage and getting a quick. Uh, pin for a one count, uh, culminating with the two actually trading pins for one counts um, before we really kind of start getting into the meat of the action. Uh, Lawler is the first one to gain control, um, kind of works out of the grapple into a gut wrench suplex, which he then takes the opportunity to start working over Loki's uh, left leg. Uh, Key eventually gets out of a leg lock and hits a double stomp. Uh, Key really then starts teeing off on Tom's head with elbow strikes uh, before settling into a figure four neck lock, which you don't see that terribly often. Uh, commentary really puts over the difference between chokes and uh, sleeper-esque holds, um, noting that uh, choke holds are illegal because they cut off uh, the air, uh, air to the brain or at least keeps you from breathing, uh, and compared to sleeper-esque holds, uh, which cut off blood flow to the brain. Um, which causes you to pass out quicker and, you know, note to uh, end the match with hopefully very little damage. Um, but uh, back to the actual match itself, uh, Tom slides out of the figure four uh, and into a modified Indian death lock. Uh, Loki makes it to the ropes and rolls out of the ring. Uh, Key slides back in and starts crab walking and then crab kicking because we got some crab people in the ring. Uh, eventually, Key decides that it's a better strategy to stand up, and stands up, and kicks Lawler out of the ring. Physically, not not just metaphorically. Just a big kick to the chest. Lawler has to take a powder. Uh, this, br this break is what Lawler needs, though. He takes control again. Uh, works over uh, Loki's shoulder this time, evidently picking off body parts one at a time. Uh, but eventually Key works his way into that modified octopus choke uh, that he's used in the past, especially against uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Uh, Lawler makes it to the ropes with his teeth, literally by his teeth, bites the ropes. 
during the next phase of grappling, Lawler sets up a modified sharpshooter. <laughs> He's usually a sharpshooter and a guy that used to dress like the hitman. Oh, we're so meta. I don't know if they actually meant anything by that. Um, I just thought it was funny because I'm just a giant. And since I already dropped the F-bomb once, giant fucking nerd. And remember that Loki used to dress like uh, the agent from Hitman. And so, and then the extra layer of, you know, for those of you not in the know, uh, Bret Hart's nickname is the Hitman. And he used to use the sharpshooter as his finishing maneuver. Uh, anyway. Tom, uh, Tom has on a sharpshooter on Loki. Uh, Loki does work his way out of it. Um, and the, uh, by working out of it, I mean working to the ropes. You know, good old rope break. Nothing wrong with the rope break. Um, but Lawler continues to work over Key's leg before getting up figure four in proper. Uh, they kind of fight the figure four. Quite a bit. Uh, Key rolls over to reverse the pressure before Lawler can return. Uh, in return, rolls over as well. Uh, Lawler kind of gets distracted and tries to go for uh, modified Kimura while in the figure four, which I thought was pretty innovative. Um, but the problem is he, that distraction allowed Key to kind of get away um, and break the figure four by getting into the ropes himself. Key mounts, mounts a comeback uh, using the break as an opportunity and starts just using a bunch of kicks uh, before going into a springboard kick to uh, take Lawler out. Um, evidently, uh, the cure for uh, knee problems is just to kick Tom Lawler repeatedly. I'll have to keep that in mind in another five years when my knees go proper uh, and just hope that Tom allows me to kick him in the head repeatedly in the process for healing's sake, for science. Uh, so... Tom, if you ever actually listen to this podcast, which you don't because no one listens to this podcast, hey, can I tweet you later in case my knees need replaced and I just need to kick you in the head instead? Okay? Okay, Bobby? Awesome. You can even wear the jort tights too. That's fine. Uh, that, that might work better than regular anesthetic, which I, why would I need anesthetic if I'm kicking you in the head? But we're asking too many questions. Let's... Still, we got a match. We, we're still wrestling a match here, people. Well, we're not. We're not. Not everyone gets to kick Tom in the head. Just low key right now. So, low key, lots of kicks. Knees are evidently better. Um, goes for a stinger splash in the corner, but Lawler grabs him and hits a big, big side slam. Takes him like three quarters of the way around the ring. Um, they tussle. Uh, key and Lawler tussle. Um, Key uh, hits one of his secondary finishers, the Key Crusher. Unfortunately, they're too close to the ropes, so we don't get a pinfall out of that. Uh, Key hits a big shotgun dropkick into the corner. Uh, Lawler kind of grabs the referee um, and almost uses him as a shield as Loki charges. Uh, Key hits a uh, flipping capo kick onto Lawler into the corner. Um, but then bad things happen to Loki because he's kind of hurt because he done flipped onto his opponent um and the way he hit Lawler Lawler kind of bounces into the corner and then falls forward onto low key uh trapping him underneath a uh, Lawler's weight uh which then leads to our one two three 
Ah, new champ, or at least new Opera Cup holder. Uh, that's right, the weight of Tom Lawler pinned low-key to the mat um, for the three count, and Filthy Tom Lawler is our new Opera Cup holder. Uh, he has to take a moment to regain uh, his faculties to even like realize what happened, uh, as commentaries kind of like loses their mind over this, um, Just and which... Is it, yeah, which I agree with. He's like, yeah, just kind of came out of nowhere. And the fact that, you know, Lawler was probably unconscious as he made this pinfall. And really, like, my concern is, well, in addition to him being knocked out, the way the camera was, you couldn't quite tell if Lawler used the ropes as leverage because he kind of, like, flops forward. And then you see his feet go up into the air. Uh, but you can't quite... But you can't see the ropes or the top or the bottom of his feet at this point, as the refs counting the three. Uh, but the the replays we get after that does clarify that Tom did not touch the ropes. He just kind of started doing a header over Loki, uh, and so that pinfall is clean, even if Tom was unconscious in the process of it. Uh, so really good match between the two of them. This match lasted uh, around a half hour, uh, which is somewhat unusual, uh, at least for the online shows, who usually try to keep things quick and painless. Um, But very solid match between the two of them. And outside of the part where Loki starts kicking up a storm, like a very well-told story, even if the ending was kind of mushy and confusing Uh, I feel like the right man won overall um, at least in terms of character wise Uh, Tom being the total dick bag uh, totally works with with the Opera Cup though I could make the counter argument that uh, Loki winning the cup and then using that as fuel for his feud with King Mo uh, might have been interesting as well Uh, but unfortunately for Loki I dislike Loki, so therefore the right man won. Obviously, filthy Tom Lawler, our Opera Cup winner. He does eventually regain his faculty to hold the belt up high. He gets held upon the shoulders of Team Filthy as we fade away uh, into our sh- to the ending of our show. Uh, for all practical purposes, it's a one match show tonight. Uh, despite the fact that we did have a tag team match earlier in the card. Um, but just uh, Lawler and Loki putting on a clinic in uh, Matt wrestling. Uh, it's not, you know, British catch style, um, but it's still like very solid storytelling of basically trying to get the leverage, trying to get position, you know, trying to one up the other, your opponent. And then once you get your opponent where you, where you want them, or at least in a position where you uh, can take control, you know, doing what you can to maintain that control, uh, usually, in this case, you, uh, via submission holds. Um, and so we get to see some mildly innovative stuff. Uh, again, like Tom Waller using the physic of figure four and then trying to lock in a Kimura. Uh, I'm still, like, don't know what to call... Uh, at an official level, Loki's like octopus choke, which he did try to put on Lawler uh, a couple times during the match, but Lawler managed to roll out. Um, and just all the match work uh, there. Uh, so very solid show. Uh, probably one of the better hours you can spend watching wrestling, uh, which I will say that's pretty near every week. Um, but 
looking forward to how things are setting up uh, for Kings of Colosseum. Uh, January 6th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, so 6 o'clock Central Time, etc., etc. I will let you do the math for wherever it is you happen to be listening to uh, or listening from. Uh, so that is our show for the week. Thank you all for listening. Thank Please stay tuned to the usual batch of plugs and ways you can support the program. Uh, in the meanwhile, I will ch- check you all out next week, and happy holidays. The best way you can support is by hitting the like and subscribe buttons in your podcast player of choice. And of course, word of mouth helps out quite a bit as well, so be sure to tell your friends, neighbors, and enemies where you've got this podcast and have them listen too. If you want to keep up on all of my doings and the doings of the podcast, you can check out my social media deets. Uh, both Twitter and Instagram are at the Nova of Cass, one word, of course, and on Facebook at MLW Confusion. Um, of course, if you can't remember those things, there'll be a link in the comments, so feel free to click that and see what's going on down there as well. If you would like to support monetarily and help this podcast grow, uh, mostly by getting me better equipment, of course, uh, there's two big ways to do that. If you're into a one-time donation kind of thing or just want to donate sp- uh, sporadically, you can check out my Kofi or coffee. Buy me a cup of coffee. We'll just call it that um, at ko-fi.com slash Casonova, uh, C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A. Um, if you're looking at the big picture and would like some extra goodies thrown along in as well, you can check out my Patreon at C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A as well, Casanova there. Um, as part of the Patreon, for as little as $1 a month, you get early access to the podcast, and it happens to be ad-free as well, so you don't have to listen to this annoying chunk ever again. Um, though I totally recommend it because, you know, Podcast views are amazing for me and the algorithms. Um, And then, of course, there's going to be other sporadic goodies in there as well. We usually update uh, at least once a week for non-podcast related things as well. So uh, thank you very much and have a good week.